ignition sequence start. Five. Everything. Three. Everything. Sounds. Sounds. This is Everything Sounds. I'm Craig Shank. I'm George Drake Jr. And this is Everything Sounds. Different accents can exist within a language based on geography. But if we're taking the U.S. as an example, you can break it down into the main regions of the West, the South, the Midwest, the East, and the Mid-Atlantic. And if you'd like, you can break those down even further, like the East is made up of Eastern New England, Boston, New York, and Vermont accents. And in some cases, you can break them down more than that. And some accents aren't just accents, they consist of their own dialects. Probably the most extreme example in the U.S. can be found on the Sea Islands of the Carolinas and Georgia, where people still keep the Gullah tradition alive. This is from part five of a 2003 ITV documentary series called The Adventure of English. We put together varying African words along with Elizabethan English and came out with something that sounded like this year when Hunter the Yeti we talk like this. So sometimes people think maybe it's English, then they go, but not quite. It's an extreme example, sure, but it's not uncommon for different regions to develop their own words and phrases. Sometimes it can even happen within households. Hey George, when you start the dishwasher, what do you call that? <laughs> Setting it off. That's what we do. We, we set off the dishwasher. <laughs> and that's my point. It doesn't matter if you're talking about a state, a city, a collection of islands, or even your own family kitchen. <laughs> Come on. Accents and even dialects like Gullah can pop up anywhere. If someone say, Hunter Gwine for do that, I'd be done to him. Okay, so they're asking, are you going to do it? I already did it. And I did it a long time ago, essentially, is what you're saying. I've been done doing it. I done done do that. Like Craig said at the beginning, accents within one country's language can be found in a lot of places. But we're going to shift our focus from the U.S. to what could possibly be considered by some to be the Gullah of England. The West Midlands, otherwise known as the Black Country. And that's where Alex Eady is going to take over. Okay, so what do you know about the black country? I know that uh, Lenny Henry's from the black country. He is. Here I am in the Midlands where everyone knows who I am. <laughs> and I have been to the Black Country Museum. Did you enjoy it? I had a great time. We went with our French exchange students. Come to England. Come to the Black Country Museum. The Black Country Living Museum is no ordinary museum and no ordinary day out. And will make you want to come back to the Black Country Living Museum, Dudley. I don't know what else I know. It's near Birmingham. It's Dudley. Dudley. That's, that's Black Country, isn't it? Dudley and Blackheath and Lye. They're really Black Country accents. Yeah. Mainly all from the, the Black Country um, around Wensbury, Darleston, Bilston. Over Gornal and Sedgley. I mean, I'm from Albury. Where do I live? Wolverhampton. From West Bromwich. I come off Cato. Cradley Heath. Warsaw. Districts like Smedic. Cowsley and Dudley. Rowley. From the Black Country. From the Black Country. From the Black Country. The Black Country. From, from the, the Black, Black Country. country. Yeah, we from the Black Country, like, you know what I mean? The Black Country. A region of the West Midlands oft overlooked and undervalued, just north of Birmingham. It's not a country, you won't find it anywhere on a map, and it's not a politically administered area. 
Famous for its rich musical heritage, this is the region that spawned Slade, some members of Led Zeppelin and some heavy metal. The region is also renowned for its proud industrial heritage. According to one school of thought, this is how the black country got its name. And there's a very distinctive accent. And no, it's not a Brummie accent. Let's clarify that immediately. Could you discern between a, a Birmingham and a black country accent? I really doubt it. So I don't think I sound anything like a Brummie. Because I'm not a Brummie. <laughs> when you speak to somebody, they always say, you can tell you come from Dudley, you're always from the black country, like, you know what I mean? So people assume you're from Birmingham? They do, and I always say, hey, from Brummie, black country. Are you quite staunch about that? Yes, definitely. Yeah. There's also a great divide between the black country and the, the next biggest place, which clearly is Birmingham. And there's not a great deal of love lost between black country people and Brummies. My father went to Sheffield for three years rather than go and work in Birmingham. So how they felt about that and at the age of 91 when he died, he'd actually been to central Birmingham no more than seven times and was quite uh, more than happy to stay um, over in Walsall and, and, and indeed Wolverhampton. Should probably point out that Birmingham is about 13 miles away from Warsaw. It's seven miles. <laughs> seven miles. Seven miles. Yeah. Brummies call black country people yam yams and a yam yam is somebody, you know, yam, the, yam doing this, yam doing that. You know, Brummies also recognise the difference between the accents. It's not just the accent itself which is individual to the region. There's a lexicon of unusual words and sayings that are unique to the black country, as well as word structures that you just wouldn't find anywhere else in the UK. Local historians maintain that the dialect is essentially Anglo-Saxon and closer to Old English than anywhere else in the country. Some words are pronounced strikingly similarly to the way they would have been in Chaucer's time. For example, laugh for laugh. There's even a Germanic slant to some of the old black country vernacular, how bist for how are you, and adding en to the end of certain words, for example. I was curious to see how the uninitiated would react to the accent. As a rudimentary experiment, I found a dictionary of black country words and tested them out on someone from the East Midlands and someone from South East London to see if they knew what they meant or indeed if they'd ever heard them. So the first one I've got is fizzog, which is spelled F-I-Z-O-G. Does it mean a small pig? No. Oh. You see loads of them every day. People. Children. Face. Miskin. M-I-S-K-I-N. A miskin. A child. It's an outside toilet. Um, tranquilments. A quiet time. <laughs> Miscellaneous items, apparently. No. Yeah. Chicklings. Small chickens? No. Sort of on the right lines. Think farmyard. Animal feed? Oh, chicklings. We used to have chicklings. Pigs intestines, chicklings or chitlings. That voice is my dad's, proving his black country credentials. He was born and grew up in Walsall, in the northeastern periphery of the black country. We dug out our family tree and he explained to me where we have our roots. Mainly all from the, the black country um, around Wensbury, Darleston, Bilston. Really around the metal bashing industries that predominated around there through, well, the last century and the century before that. These are the men of Cradley Heath and Quarry Bank. They're making hand-forged chains, one of the black country's most famous products. Herbert Davis is the chain maker. His mate, with the 12-pound hammer, is the chain striker, Gerald Billingham. They've worked harder in one morning than many men would in a month. Another big industry, particularly in Warsaw, was leather, um, saddle making and all that, hence the football team being called the Saddlers. And my mother's family were very much in the leather trade, both in terms of, of stuff like tanning and saddlery, through to mum being involved in glove making. And they very much stayed in that. Dad's obviously well versed in the vagaries of the black country accent. I showed him the peculiar lexicon I'd found and he was able to give me a lesson in how to speak black country like. 
That was terrible. Sorry. Core. He core, she core. Air core do that. As in core, cannot, can't. Well, babby, as we said before, babby is both a noun and a verb in the black country. And it's, it's to babby is to make somebody pregnant. See, a bonk, a small hill. Yeah, definitely. Which could be, I mean, O's and A's are interchangeable. So bank becomes bonk. She, I mean, shopping becomes shepping. Been how you been? How beast? How are you? Another one I used to hear a lot of where somebody thumped somebody was, who's caught him a right peeler? You know, as in he's, he's hitting really hard. And wench would be either a noun, as in a, you know, a wench, as in a young female, or indeed to go wenching would be to go and um, try and talk to young females. No, it's yedded. So yedded, yedded, you yed. This is another thing that happens is that H's becomes wise. So y- your head is your head. And what that is saying there, so noggin headed, noggin is, is like daft. Noggin yedded, or yeah, he's noggin in the yed, is means he's stupid. One thing that I've never heard anywhere else but the black country, when somebody is annoyed or upset, the phrase is he's got his arse in his hand about something. <laughs> Those sorts of words are dying out and probably will die out. But in terms of the differences in the variety of the dialect or the intonation, I, I think that will stay pretty strong. Really, it remains a working class area, the black country, and I don't think that will change. To find out more about the black country accent, I went to Birmingham, which did seem strange given the antipathy the two areas have for each other. It was for good reason, though. Aston University are currently undertaking a research project on the dialect, and I was able to speak to one of the people involved. I'm Brian Dakin, I'm a research associate at Aston University on the West Midland English Speech and Society project, and also I have an alias, I'm Billy Spakeman, and I write and perform with a guy called Lawrence Hipkiss under the name of Billy and Lars over in the black country. Oh, my name is Tommy Jones, black country is in me bones. Don't matter where I roam or Certainly the old words aren't used much, excepting with the older generation. The, but in terms of the, um, I suppose, the intonation and the phonetics, in working class areas still, you'll still hear in kids in the playground. But obviously there's a massive influence from multiculturalism and the TV and the net and stuff like that. It's as it's always been really. It tends to absorb what's thrown at it, but retain the basics. I mean, when we perform, we use words like ginnel for entry and whammel for dog and, you know, and bonk for heel and stuff like that. You won't find that used as much now. I was worried that there would be a danger of the black country dialect being wiped out. Birmingham is such a big urban sprawl now and the industry that made the black country doesn't exist as it once did. I wondered if this would have an effect on the accent. I found Wayne and Anthony, lifelong black country residents, in Dudley. Or Dudley. It's not as strong as it used to be, but if you go to Gornal side, Sedgley sides, you will hear it a lot over there. It's getting a little bit more posher, I'll say that. It is getting a little bit more posher. It ain't getting nowhere towards the Brummie accent, put it that way. It's accepted that the accent's changing, along with the demographics of the region, although Brian's not convinced that we'll lose the black country way of speaking. I had a tape sent for the project here from somebody in um, Rowley, an old lady in Rowley, and we had to slow it down because we couldn't understand it, because she was cutting words and she was still using bist and the and bisent and day. And, I mean, she was in her 80s, but it just shows that it's still, you know, it's still there. Dr Bronwyn Evans is an expert in experimental phonetics and social 
Sociolinguistics based at University College London. She explained why we might see changes in accents in general, not just the black country dialect. We know that language changes and has changed throughout time and language and the way in which people speak is really just a reflection of society and I mean we know that there is what's called levelling going on, so a, a homogenisation to a certain degree such that large urban centres seem to be kind of enveloping other areas but we do know that there is also been a resurgence in in regional accents as well it's not that necessarily the case that um that all of the accent variation that that us brits really like to hold on to is is being lost i don't think it's the case that we will find that accents are lost. People clearly feel that the, that their accent is a big part of their identity. I, mean, I don't think it'll die out necessarily in terms of the, the accent as such, but I think certainly a lot of this vernacular, because obviously as older people die, the younger generation perhaps doesn't use it as much. Got the accent, strong accent, but but some of the actual, yeah, the link to the Anglo-Saxon derivatives of it all. I think that's in danger of dying out. People move, people don't stick around in the black country anymore. Main reason being there's not you know, there's not as much to stick around for as there used to be. I mean, a lot of those industries, the old industries have gone now. There's a lot less of what made the black country what it is. So there's been massive change in the region, which has caused development of the accent. But it's not a particularly pretty accent. I've got a tiny bit of a black country lilt, having lived in Wolverhampton for a while, and I've had some interesting reactions to the way I speak, even with my minimal black country inflection. It seems West Midlands accents as a whole aren't particularly revered by British society, and this article from 2008 proves that point spectacularly. A study suggests that ambitious West Midlanders may want to consider losing their accent if they want to get on in life. It found that people with the distinctive nasal tones of the West Midlands region are considered far less intelligent than those with other accents, despite a general trend in which regional dialects have become more respectable. In a series of experiments, even a control group who said nothing at all were still considered more intelligent than those with black country accents. As part of the project that Brian Daking is working on at Aston University, black country-based performers have been interviewed about the perception of their accent. For this particular anecdote, I should probably explain that barb is a generic term of endearment. Other black country pleasantries include cock and mucker. I'm fairly sure that calling someone cock in other regions of the UK would result in, to quote black country vernacular, a right perler. Julie Walters, who we interviewed, she assumed that her, her Christian name was Bab until she was about nine, because everybody called her Bab. <laughs> but her mother, who was Irish, wanted her to go to elocution lessons to lose her accent, and she wouldn't. Um, because she's felt strongly about her identity. In light of the rest of the country's dislike of the dialect, I wondered if people adapting their dulcet tones to fit in with their surroundings could also be a threat to the individuality of the black country accent. Talking to you now, it's sort of milked down as if I was talking to another black country bloke or when we perform. Uh, and everybody does that. I think you have an identity when you're born, uh, which is inherent, and mine is black country. but out of respect for who you're talking to and you know and to get on in the world you have to really sort of temper it at some point so that doesn't mean to say that you're ignoring your your roots it's just that that's the way of the world and, and that's it is i think there's a there's a tendency in a modern world for it definitely to be evened out so why would people temper their accents could an accent ever really be a hindrance to anyone trying to make their way in the world? When you've travelled out of the black country, have you ever had any negative reactions to the way that you talk? No, no, no. What comments do you get about your accent? 
when you speak to somebody, they always say you can tell you come from Dudley, you're always from the black country, like you know what I mean. But uh, I've never had no negative. People always assume that the black country people are slightly stupid, and that comes from historical stigmatisation. There's a book, I think, by Malin called Black Country Myths and Legends, and he quotes somebody from the 1800s that described the black country people as savages and speaking a language not of this land. I think his name is Sydney. I think it's true that there are probably certain phonetic features that make people feel that that accent is because it's longer, it's so it's more drawly, you know, a bit like the kind of Southern American drawl, um, that it's perceived as being slower and in that case kind of um, codes for not as highly educated as a very sort of clipped Southern accent. You know, from centuries ago, it's been assumed that we were very different and of course we were isolated from the Anglo-Saxon times geographically everybody got fed up of trying to climb the bonks and so they left us on our own so if you go off the region you tend to be tarred with this oh they're stupid and they only tell jokes so you have to break that down do you think your accent's ever been a hindrance oh god yeah definitely it's interesting actually that I, I think that people view a Birmingham black country accent as being you're a bit dumb, you're a bit thick, because it, uh, it comes across that way. So there's, it's been a hindrance. Equally, it, you can hopefully use it to advantage, because that's a, their assumption. There's a friend of ours who's got an ad agency in London who, who uses it quite effectively as being somebody that has got this slightly different accent, rather than all the kind of Cambridge, Oxbridge, hooray, whatevers, who you know, all sound the same and are the same. And it, it's, it's a point of difference. <laughs> Black Country is a proud region, proud of the industrial heritage which defined it and enduringly proud of the accent that still defines it. We'll have to wait and see whether the resurgence in regional accents that Bronwyn Evans spoke about will mean that the Black Country accent is received more favourably in the future. Even if the rest of the country doesn't like it, I'm proud of my Black Country roots and the accent that goes with it. And whether you've got an indecipherable Black Country brogue or a minimal Midlands accent, I don't think I could sum it up better than Brian did. You're Black Country if you feel Black Country and it doesn't matter where you are. You've obviously got the classic there, to ride a bit, to ride a bit, which means bye. That piece was produced and written by Alex Aidy. More information on the Black Country, the Adventure of English documentary, and links to more of Alex's work at our website, everythingsounds.org. And while you're there, click the iTunes icon on the right-hand side and rate and review the show. Just last week, actually, we were in the top 100 of the society and culture category, and it was all because of the ratings and reviews that you guys have given us. Seeing those ratings and reviews encourages us to keep doing what we're doing. We started Everything Sounds because we wanted to make shows about topics that we just thought were interesting and worth hearing about. And the fact that there are other people out there who enjoy these shows as much as we enjoy making them, that's a great feeling. Rating and reviewing the show also gets more people to listen to the show. And we enjoy giving other independent producers like Alex that same exposure. So if you have a minute, click on some stars or type out a few sentences about the show and help us out. We'd really appreciate it. Until next time, thanks for listening to Everything Sounds. I'm Craig Shank. And I'm George Drake Jr.